She's on the money. She's on the money. <laughs> Welcome to She's on the Money, the podcast for millennials who want financial freedom. My name is Tony Lodge and joining me for another Shop Back Money Diary is financial advisor Victoria Devine. Tony Lodge, welcome, welcome back to another Money Diary, which I'm very excited for. You've been hyping this one up for a little while. Like I always do. <laughs> you always do. I feel like you always pick the good Money Diaries and also... Props to you for doing the inbox for that. I know it is a massive undertaking. Thank you. So much reading, but you get all the pervy insights to our community, even the ones that maybe don't make the show. Uh huh. Yeah, and there are a lot, and all of them are amazing. Unfortunately, we can't get back to everybody. But if you do have a great money story, we'd love for you to email through on podcast at she'sonthemoney.com.au. We absolutely would. So, without further ado, Tony Lodge, could you read out this week's Money Diarist's email to me? All right, here we go. My parents got married at 19 and 20, had me at 22 and 23, and was studying accounting and law. They had built and owned a very successful accounting practice that made us a nice few million. My parents worked hard around the clock and deserved every dollar. After a few unfortunate business decisions, the business was sold. Our mortgage was paid off, but we had little disposable cash. My mum, while working with my dad, never took a wage or had her super paid. Amazingly, she secretly saved up over hundred thousand dollars <gasps> over their 18 years together and put, out, a deposit- <laughs> and put a deposit on our new home we had no white goods or furniture but we had a roof over our heads things escalated between my parents and i moved out at almost 17 after dealing with a drug addiction domestic abuse and related mental health illnesses I moved across the state, bought a 1972 caravan on an empty block of land and scored a full-time management role but had no access to amenities. I found myself having to sell my caravan and spend the night in my car sleeping next to my two pets. I took out my entire super to pay off some debt and moved across the state again. From there, I met my future forever soulmate who had come from a similar money story. Now, I run a business and work for an agency both in the NDIS sector, earning anywhere from $1,000 to $3,000 a week before tax. And I know the importance of super thanks to She's on the Money. (gasps) What a queen! (laughs) While we haven't been able to get into the housing market yet, fate had its way and blessed us with not a home loan but a long-awaited baby boy. (gasps) Thanks to you, we're on our way to financial freedom. Oh, my gosh, what a story! I know, it takes a few turns, but it's very good. (laughs) I did not see any of that coming. Congratulations for going through all of that and also welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so excited to be able to share this. <laughs> oh my god! Well, thank you so much for sharing your story because it sounds like you've been through a lot. So much. Like Definitely. you're one of those, I can already tell you're one of those people that are really old souls. Like we we're talking just before this episode started recording and I was like, she's an old soul. And now it just makes sense that you've been on such a wild journey. Let's jump straight into the questions that we usually ask our money, Doris, and then we can get into the pervy stuff a little bit later and I can ask about your baby. So, (laughs) (laughs) first things first, what is your attitude towards money? Um, I love money. Um, I definitely, 
most honest answer we've ever had. Yeah, someone actually, said, I love it. I love money. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's not so much like I enjoy um, being able to put, I guess, a value on the work that I do um, and feel that financially like doing what I love like I love my job I love my business Mm -hmm. um and I've had that before but it's not financially been something that I can sort of continue so um I'm so so privileged to be able to do a job that I love and be able to survive on on the money like more than survive um so I it's been yeah really positive like obviously from going to having everything to having nothing like um when my parents split up that's when mum bought the house and um okay that makes sense I did have questions about that because I was like yeah that doesn't make a lot of sense why she would have stashed some cash and then bought another house for both of them but that makes more sense yeah so they split up I think I was about 13 or 14 and then obviously divorced a while later um so that's when mum and I moved into that home and we had nothing and so um I spent my last like $32 on some gourmet pizzas for me and mum and we just sat in the house on the floor um and yeah and like I've always like said growing up you know trying to comfort my mum she did an amazing job as like um after they split up but trying to comfort her that like you know I have when I think of positive and happy memories I think of that like that's the first thing I think of having no money on the floor with like a lamb souvlaki pizza (laughs) (laughs) and that's it you know (laughs) so yeah I mean it's 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 always been positive, like regardless of how much or how little we've had, it's always been positive. That's so special. All right, next question for you. I really want to know the answer to this one. <laughs> what do you do for work? And we kind of know, but how much money do you earn? Um, so I'm a support worker. So I work with um, in the disability and mental health sector. Um, I work with an agency who employs me and obviously pays me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was working with a lot of high risk um, clients, both to me, like risk to me and risk to the public. So when I got pregnant, they basically said like, we're not letting you work with them. Um, So I have a couple um, that I still work with that are sort of low risk, but that's when I needed to shift into something that I was able to sort of manage myself. Um, So I opened up a small business. It's just me. And I kind of just do like a one-stop shop for NDIS participants so like gardening cooking cleaning support work transport yeah and so I think all up I have like maybe seven or eight clients between the two that I manage um and if I work a full week um it's about three thousand dollars before tax um I obviously don't work a full week the whole year um but then on average it's about a thousand dollars a week that um before tax that I can kind of pull in if that's really honestly it's working about 20 hours a week so how cool yeah (laughs) and to know that you're doing that and you're obviously quite passionate about it but 20 hours a week and having a bambino makes life a little bit more flexible which we love all right next structured question what is your big money goal um so it was to buy a house um Mm -hmm. both my partner and I we wanted to sort of buy something with a bit of land so that you know we can do what we want like he wants motorbikes and I want a horse so obviously living where we do like um sort of well it's, I guess it's metro um Melbourne we can't afford that and, and there's not that much around that um 
would cater to that either. So we were thinking of buying um, just an investment property to obviously live in for the next 12, 24 months um, and then move on from there. But we can't even get into the housing market. So we were just sort of sitting on it, renting where we are. Um, we're lucky that our landlord hasn't raised our rent the whole through the whole COVID. So we've been mm-hmm. really fortunate. Um, and then, yeah, we were just sort of sitting there, just saving as much as we could for as long as we could. And then obviously the babies come along. So, um, yeah, so I guess like the money goal, it's kind of backwards, but is to have this baby as cheap as possible. Yeah. Hold Um, on, hold on. So are you pregnant or have you had this baby? Um, I'm pregnant. I'm just over 12 weeks. Oh, so the baby boy hasn't even arrived yet. No. (laughs) How, hold on. How many weeks are you? Just over 12 weeks. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Oh my gosh, and so new. Yeah, like crazy, crazy new. Like we were lucky to find out. We found out really, really early. Um, and then that kind of sucked because there was so long between when we found out and when we could actually, you know, tell people. Be excited. Yeah. yeah. So now Oh my that gosh, we've... so this is like a baby announcement money diary. Well, yeah, it is. Because like someone like... <laughs> who's completely anonymous, guys, having a baby and she's Thank really you. excited. <laughs> All right, back to questions. Do you currently have any investments? I do. Um, I didn't. I started listening to She's on the Money towards the end of last year. And then I made my first investment on Spaceship um, in January. And She's an investor. I'm an investor. Um, <laughs> and that's been like, it's like a 29, almost 30% return um, on those. Yeah. So Not that's, bad. yeah, I've just sort of been randomly like I'm, not fantastic at you know planning it um every week but I just randomly put some money in there um and then I also just recently opened up um the sharesies portfolio as well and I'm enjoying sharesies more because it's more interactive because I can kind of go through and pick and like you know just gives me something to do bit of you know year 11 year 12 economics trading on the ASX (laughs) (laughs) I love that we've had so much positive feedback on our community loving the sharesies platform so I'm not surprised (laughs) that you're enjoying it I love it too so flipping away from investments do you have any debts um I don't actually um is she well, the most, the the reason debt that I had was my laptop and that's because working from home, obviously just doing video calls and I'm back at uni too. So I paid that off. I, I mean, I put that on zip pay. I paid it off. Um, I think it was like a hundred and something dollars a week minimum. So it was gone within like almost two months. I think the only thing I've got is like a $2,000 help fee for uni and that's it. All right. We're talking about buying new laptops before. The next question is, do you currently use Shopback? I do. Oh, did you Um, buy your laptop on Shopback? I did actually. Hey. Um, Yeah. So I had the same problem, Tony. I think it was you that on my phone, I was just forgetting to use it. Uh So when I heard the episode about the Chrome extension, I was like, okay. So I jumped on. Everybody's welcome. (laughs) Tony's like, that was me guys. That was me. me. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I jumped on and um, I used shop back. I've used shop back for like buying all the stuff for the baby. Um, Yeah. And so like, I've been able to get a little bit um a little bit back on there because some of the stuff like you know sometimes you buy through Kogan and that particular thing that you want doesn't have any cashback um but it's also been handy to use to see the change in prices as well so I can see that if like that item is $80 but six months ago it was like 20 I know that I can kind of wait for it to 
go back oh, down smart. again. Yeah. She's a wizard. Yeah. Oh <laughs> exchanging tips all over the place. This is why we ask because I know some people will be like, what, why are you asking her that? But it's such a good money hack and yeah. everybody uses it differently and I am really pervy about how people shop online. I'm the same as Tony, albeit not as intelligent. I hadn't added the Chrome extension until she told me to <laughs> and now I have. I find myself just adding it at checkout instead of having to go back to the app and like redo it yeah Mm -hmm. i'm I'm a lazy gal like that just works the best for me exactly it does does. (laughs) right so i feel like shop back might be your best money habit but the next question is what is your best money habit um my best money habit definitely is saving um i've always ever since i started working like i was always saving i always had an account that was a non-touchable that I obviously ultimately did end up touching for different reasons. For um, good reasons. Yeah, good reasons. Um, like a holiday to Vietnam. Like, <laughs> um, essential. Yeah, essential. Yes. Um, well, it was visiting family, so yes. Um, so, yeah, definitely saving. Like I, as soon as I get any type of money, even if I like sell something online for like 20 bucks, I always save some of it, even if it's like just 2 or $3. Oh, cool. um, but, I mean, especially like with what's been – I guess most handy as savings recently is um, working through the business. Obviously I have to pay tax at the end of the year. And yep. so um, I also listened to the business Bible. So I was Ooh, saving, yep. <laughs> saving the 30%, even though I know that like, especially sort of this financial year, I'm not going to be making anywhere near enough to pay that much tax. So I'm still putting it in there and using yep. it as my savings. Genius extra as well mm-hmm. um yeah so you feel just, so much more empowered when you make decisions like that because tax can be yeah. something that as a business owner I can really relate it can be really overwhelming but if you've got this structure where you're like no I put this amount aside even though in the end of the day and I'm going to claim stuff and I know that maybe that's not what I'll end up paying you always feel so much more confident because you know you're not going to get stung come tax exactly time. exactly yeah. next question is in comparison to that, what is your worst money habit? Um, my worst money habit is I definitely go through phases of spending. Um, I don't necessarily spend on myself. Um, like I will, if I do, like I'm going to, you know, Best and Less or Big W Kmart and only buying clearance rack items. And if mm-hmm. the perfect thing is there, but it's, you know, $10 and I know that I can get it for cheaper, I just won't buy it. So that's probably an, like, I wouldn't say like it's a worse money habit, but like I do need to kind of ease up and allow myself to buy like some socks every now and then. Um, Mm, But then on the contrary, like it's my partner's birthday coming up in Christmas. And so I had no issues dropping like $1,200 on his presents. Granted, they're for work as well. So they're useful for him. It's not just stuff. Um, But like he could just casually offhand mention, oh, like I'd really like that. I'm like, here you go. Like, you've got it now. So, yeah. So, yeah. gift giving is your love language, is, is what we're hearing. Yes. <laughs> but you also yeah. deserve to maybe extend that grace to yourself, especially if it means not buying socks, my love. Like, come yes. On. Well, I just, I budgeted in our, because you'll be glad to hear, Victoria, that um, we have a spreadsheet budget for our baby. Um, <gasps> so, I budgeted a new underwear and new socks and stuff into that spreadsheet. So, that makes Good me feel girl. better about it because it technically is for the baby. So, Yeah, that's true. You definitely do need to do that. Can I be a little bit pervy here? Go for it. Sorry. How much do you think this baby is going to cost you? Like how far down this budgeting route for baby are you? 
So we went, um, I went through and pretty much added everything I could possibly want onto the spreadsheet. And then I went through and obviously took things off as I kind of got a bit more knowledge and like, you know, you don't need the wipes warmer. Like that's just ridiculous. Um, So I went through and kind of have started cutting down a lot and we had budgeted obviously for as little as we could. And the original list adding everything that I wanted was $4,000. And then, um, yeah. And then after taking everything off, I think it got it down to like just over $3,000. And that's like everything that you're going to need to start. Oh my gosh. Everything. And so we ended up taking a couple of extra tests that we wanted um, done and it still fit under that $4,000 and like I want to spend a little bit extra on a pram so I've just taken out like the big full kit of these like um, uh, the Tommy Tippy bottles and stuff because I, you know, I might not need them or they, the baby might not like that particular one so I've added you know $100 of that onto something else and then I've just got $50 to kind of play around a bit Um So yeah, we're hoping, well, it's looking like we can get it under $4,000 and that's pretty much from birth to like six months. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. So to wrap this part of the pod, what would you grade yourself if I forced you to give yourself a money grade? Um, I, I'm going to give myself a B plus, um, just because I know that like I have a lot of good money habits. Um, but like, for example, I would like to be able to, fully commit to, you know, having even just $5 a week, just constantly investing that into each of my portfolios. Um, I want to be able to, I guess, like crunch down on what I am spending and what I'm not spending. Cause I know that when I have leftover allocated spending money, like I could be saving it too, but I might be spending it on something silly. So like mm-hmm. just kind of going back and realigning my values Um, because they've changed a lot and right now the only value I have is the baby so that's like (laughs) yeah I guess I kind of just need to kind of disperse that out a little bit rather than just focusing on the one thing so but it kind of makes sense that that's where your priorities are right yeah (laughs) that's the biggest thing in your life yeah and from what we've already learned about you, you seem super savvy, super switched on, super organized. You know, I think a B plus is more than fair. If anything, it might be a little bit low, but I think that I your agree. goal is to invest <laughs> a little bit more um, consistently. I think that's a great goal. Yeah, thank I you. absolutely agree. And Money Darius, we have so many questions and we will get back to them right after this quick break. Okay, let's jump back into this. We haven't touched on it yet, but it did come up in your money story. You had a a journey, we could say, of a money story. Like you've gone from, you know, wealth to not having wealth to, you know, living out of your car with your pets to now finding the love of your life. How has that impacted your money story now as an adult and as a future new mum? Um, it's, it's honestly been crazy. Like if I could have a chance to go back and change anything, like I definitely, it's cliche, but I wouldn't, um, I can pinpoint different behaviors that I have today and I can pinpoint the lessons that they Mm -hmm. came from and what I learned. It's definitely like when I was growing up, obviously both parents being accountants, my mum had a background in law. Um, I was given really good foundations for, money habits like I was saving at two years old you know birthday money 
you know, got split up. So I had a savings sweet. account. Yeah, it was really cute. Like my parents did an amazing job, especially when I was really young, being able to sort of stabilize um, my future. And like when I was 16, I, you know, was super excited to get heaps of different cards, like for my wallet and stuff. So like I got, you know, my ING account swapped over so I could have a card to access it and like just stuff like that. Like it was, um, I had really good foundations and that I think is ultimately what stabilized my view on money. And, you know, I've never been a frivolous spender. Um, I've never, you know, not saved. I've always worked at least three jobs up until I was, you know, up here in Melbourne. Um, And so I've been taught the value of money both as a dollar value, but also as what it can bring and what it can do to people too. Um, and yeah, the reason why I said like white right at the beginning was that I love money is because I love how I'm able to sort of view it and I don't let it control my life, but mm-hmm. I also don't feel like I'm out of control. Like knowing that we can have pretty much any emergency happen to us right now and we're going to be okay. We have enough money. Like that's like, I'm that's an incredibly so anxious person and it's just, I've had no anxiety the past, you know, 12 months since having these savings. I'm just like, I don't feel like anything can, you know, scare me. Like That's such a weight off your shoulders. Definitely. And like, because a couple of months ago, I had a car accident and my car got written off and I didn't have, yeah, I only had third party insurance um, on it and it was lucky that I did you know, we were sort of thinking, well, we have a Great Dane now too. So we've got a Labrador oh, and a Great so Dane. Cool. Yeah. Oh so we're like, gosh. we, you know, we needed to get a bigger car anyway. So we were looking at it. We were looking at, you know, like a um, Toyota Kluger and we're like, it's just, you know, expensive. We were looking at getting into a loan. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get, this is a car I want. And I've got a 2002 Toyota Camry wagon, fits the dogs, will fit the baby. And I think it costs like $5,000 and that all came out of our savings. So instead of, yeah, instead of going into debt, um, getting a loan and, you know, financing and stuff like that, just decisions like that, that, um, smart money decisions that are going to serve you for the long term. And I think that too many times people really undervalue those decisions go, Oh, but that's not what I really want. I should just get what I really want. When in reality, that's given you financial freedom in the long term because you're not stressed about something and yeah, yeah I think that's so special um how old are you at the moment money diarist uh 21 almost 22 oh my gosh you're wow. a baby <laughs> yeah in your email you said that you both you and your partner had quite a similar money story do you think that that's made it easier because you can understand each other's background and go I know what you've been through because it was really hard for me as well yeah definitely um in a lot of ways it's made it easier um but we also he's got a bit of a mind frame of like we've got the money now I've never had you know a 75 inch tv so let's buy one so we bought one um I've never had a Weber barbecue so let's buy one so we bought one and so like it's it's like that is that we're kind of like you know we're we both sort of get in the mind frame of like, well, you know, what what if one day and, you know, we should not be spending this much and doing that. But every now and then we're just like, why, like, we know that we're okay. We know that our, you know, future for at least for the next year is pretty stable and pretty secure. Like we're both essential workers. So even mm-hmm. if COVID, you know, hits the roof again, like more than what it is at the moment, yeah. we know that mm-hmm. we're safe. Um, so, 
yeah, we've, we've been able to kind of, or he's been able to kind of be like, oh, but we can, you know, wouldn't it be nice to have that kind of luxury that we've never had before? So, but in saying that we both drive like 20 year old cars and, you know, so like, it's just small stuff like that, that we've never had before. Um, Mm -hmm. he's been able to be like, it's okay to spend it. Like, let's just, let's buy it. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) So, yeah. But it's really empowering that you've both gone through, you know, a pretty crazy life to get to where you're at now. And you can look at each other and go, you know what? We've never had that barbecue before. We've never had that telly. Like, let's just do it because we love each other and we've got the money and we're (laughs) safe. And there's just nothing better than feeling really safe with the person that that you love, both, you know, literally safe but also financially safe and like you said having that weight off your shoulders of feeling anxious about oh my gosh if that bill's more expensive than we think it might be we actually can't swing it this month and um I think that most people listening everybody listening can relate to that that has gone through a period in their life where they've gone we don't know what will happen if that bill's more than we're expecting (laughs) yeah and like I'm more so take management of the finances in terms of paying bills and everything he's very much Mm -hmm. just like I don't even want to hear about it I've got too much to think about like just tell me what you need and I'll just like, do it cool well I've been yeah. listening to this podcast so <laughs> yeah and I'm like you should listen to it and he goes I, I don't want to like you're in control of it like I trust you to deal with it and I was like oh, okay um but it's been really cool too to sort of see the progress um of because when we first met neither of us had any money like we were dirt broke and so for my birthday one year the first year he'd bought me um a bamboo um doona from Kmart and then year just gone he bought me an Adair's one that was you know <gasps> ducked down that's so, so even, special yeah. look at the glow up <laughs> yeah even in like that, that sort of 12 month different yeah I'm just like I'm really living it up now like we've got you know duck down feather um it's so, so alternative <laughs> not not actual ducks I have to say that now um you know pillows and doing covers like doing inserts and everything so we're yeah definitely <laughs> living oh my gosh that's so now. special though and I love that you guys have gotten to go on that journey as well together and yeah. not done this on your own and like what you've built who you've built together and now you're building a little family as well yeah. which is so exciting um I'm a massive pet person so you said before you have a great Dane what yes. are your other pets um so I've got a great Dane he's almost 12 months old um <gasps> we've got a so Labrador beautiful. yeah um he's trouble he's just <sighs> He's ended up chewing. I left the house for like five minutes to go drop off a dish to my neighbor and he chewed the door frame. Oh. Um, yeah. So we're, we're dealing with that at the moment, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's very cute. He's very cute and very cuddly. That always um, makes up for it. Always exactly. Makes up for it. Exactly. Um, I've got a six year old Labrador. Um, so I've had him for almost five years. I got him when he was about 18 months old. Um, and then I also have a cat as well. Who's a couple of years old that I've had since So he actually, he was my first one. So, um, they all live together very peacefully and you know, it's, yeah, it's quite nice. <laughs> and how do you budget for pets? Because pets are actually really expensive as someone who also has three pets. I have two cats and one dog, their vet bills, their food bills, all of that really adds up. How do you swindle that into your budget? Sure. So when we started, um, like I said, I didn't have very much money when my partner and I first met. So he was really good. Um, when, when we first started living together, um, we also had a housemate and then another housemate as well, um, who didn't pay bills. It was just me and the original housemate that would pay the rent and bills. And it kind of balanced out because she wanted that person there and I wanted this person there. Um, so 
in order to feel like he was contributing, like he would be, you know, when my dog got sick, he would go halves in the vet bill and stuff like that, which I never, yeah, I never asked for. And he was just really good with that. Um, And now that we have it all together, um, we have a savings account. So we have our own separate savings account and spendings account. And then we have a joint expenses for our rent and bills and food and our baby and our big savings I guess um Mm -hmm. so when we put our big savings accounts together that was originally for the house and it still is um but we're a little bit more lenient with it now so in order to keep us both comfortable because we're obviously saving as much as we can now so that we can continue to spend when I'm not working and my partner is needing to pretty much put his entire wage into keeping us alive um yeah fair. so yeah so we've been more lenient with it now and so when um you know our dogs have to go to the vet or they need worming tablets or they need um like our great dane's getting de-sexed in the next six months um so that's all going to come out of that big savings account so we contribute to that as much as we can um and like i said that is our house deposit account but we are able to kind of use that Manage emergency too. yeah that's exactly cool. i like that and I kind of knew if I asked someone who had such a comprehensive baby budget after 12 (laughs) weeks that they probably would have really thought about their pets but it's one of those things where you just don't realize how expensive they are until you have them yeah like our great Dane he eats 800 grams of food a day so we get a 20 bag yeah we get a 20 kilo bag of dog food and he's through that before the end of the month and we were spending a lot of money on it and then I ended up finding this big like bulk warehouse in New South Wales so we get 20 kilos for like a hundred dollars delivered oh that's so So, good yeah so it's I mean it's it's not a huge impact but when you know you've got to buy both the dogs and they're both a hundred dollars each bag and then you've it's also worming in free time it's just like (laughs) yeah it totally adds up and I find it's really interesting because I'm such a pet person and now with three, I obviously see how much that impacts our budget. But when I got Bailey, who is my oldest cat, he has just turned 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had him for the last nine years and he saw me through university and every relationship I've ever had. <laughs> Poor cat. Um, but I remember when I got him, I was dirt broke in uni and like I knew that I needed a cat mentally to get through what I was going through and like it was just one of those periods of time where I literally remember having about $300 in my account and Bailey was a rescue and he cost me $250. And I remember driving him home and I was so happy and I was a bit freaked out because I had less than a hundred dollars in my account. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is so stressful, but I knew ultimately I'd done the right thing. And, you know, I couldn't afford the expensive cat food for him. And I remember when I was, um, you know, I would have been your age, I would have been like 20, 21. And I got this cat and I was like, all right, well, you're going to eat supermarket food, but I promise one day I'll get one you day. the bougie stuff. Yeah. And now, <laughs> he eats like a little king but it's it's a funny part of my money story because I look back and I go I knew what I needed I knew what I could afford and I did that and I made it fit my budget and I just don't think that there's any shame in what that that looks like and I'm very lucky now that he's a fancy boy and eats his royal (laughs) canon cat food but like he used to eat home brand cat food he was fine and we were really happy together exactly Um, but I think it's such a journey to go through that knowing you know, pets are expensive, but when they are a key value of yours, you just make it happen. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like my, my dog and my cat, my cat less so, cause he caused a lot of troubles in the beginning. Um, but like when I got my dog, like my Labrador, 
again, he saw me through a lot of stuff to the point where I was like, I loved them so much more than I loved myself. I didn't trust anybody to look after them. And so I was like, you know, I can't let anything happen to me. I can't do anything to myself. I can't, you know, put myself at risk because I don't trust anybody to look after them. So I have to stay here. I have to wake up every morning. I have to feed them. Like, and that was the only thing that got me through for so long because I was just like, that's, they are the most important thing in my world. And I don't want anything to ever happen to them. So I'm the only one that I That's how I feel about my pets as well. Like they are literally family and that's when I get so confused. And obviously everybody's budget is different and we all have different values and we all have different priorities. But when people say, oh, yeah, I don't have a pet. They just don't fit in my budget. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't understand that (laughs) mentality, but all right. (laughs) We might have like 20 packets of Migorang home brand noodles in our cupboard, but our dog eats well. Yeah, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Literally me. Um, Money Diarist, one of the things that I have loved about your money story is your mindset. And even in what, as I said before, some of the darkest times for other people were actually your favorite memories how have you created this mindset? Like, where has that come from? And how do we, as the She's on the Money family, learn from that so we can take a leaf out of your book and maybe be a bit more positive about our situations? Sure. Um, it's it's difficult because, like I said, my parents separated. Um, the reason why they separated um, was, like, they you know, growing apart, whatnot. My dad wanted to move overseas with his charity. Um, I was actually supposed to move overseas with him and – he, I think it was about a week or two weeks before I was supposed to move over to um, the same country as him in a, in a um, Asian country as well. Um, it actually came out that he'd had an affair and I had a brother. Um, wow. Yeah. And so that was, that split things up. So that was quite traumatic having put all of, like I'd signed out of school and everything. Like I'd put all yeah. my trust into him as a father to look after me and to then drop that bomb. That was difficult to then be like okay well I don't actually have that person in my life anymore and obviously Mm -hmm. it um it severed a really important figure in my life um so happy to say now though that we have a great relationship like I went overseas to visit my brother to meet him for the first time um obviously before COVID it was kind of we I would go there once a year they would come here um yeah and so like that was really important to me it took it took uh seven or eight years for us to be able to actually get to that point. Understandably, Um, that is a very, very large shock. Yeah. Um, But I was also really lucky that my dad and I had this one significant mutual friend who was kind of the mediator between us that helped him understand how I felt and helped me understand how he felt. Um, So that was, that was a key point that I was really lucky to have is that there was somebody that was non-bias and mutual in the middle that was really looking after both of us yeah and so that was um I think like honestly that has been the most significant um thing that had happened that allowed me to kind of have a different view because I had to come to terms of okay well um even though like my parents were together for so long and you know he made a poor decision and he had a family at the end of the day it's his life it's not him and his wife and his child's life. Like he has to make the right decision for himself. Mm-hmm. And if that was the right decision for him at that time, then I had to accept that regardless of, you know, it, it, unfortunately it did hurt us, but like it, um, I had to accept that because if I wanted to make a decision that he didn't agree with, 
I would still make that decision. So um, it was just hard because I was so young, but being able to sort of take that time and not be forced, you know, my parents not staying together and trying to work it out, like not be forced to kind of be in that fighting and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, That really helped me to be able to develop, um, I guess, healthy rebonding skills. So um, I think that was, yeah, probably the biggest thing was being able to have that significant person have that long time to create that bond and, you know, I kind of look at it as if to say, if I can forgive him and move on and, you know, we, we don't argue, like we have a fantastic relationship. I kind of can implement that into other aspects of life too. And aside from, yeah, aside from sort of studying mental health and psychology and stuff, like I find myself when I need to have a discussion or we're having a disagreement with, you know, me and my partner or like me and my mom or whatever, I can sit down and actually like, not retaliate like for example when I was moving um when I was in the caravan and I had to actually leave that property the person that um I was having this quite intense argument with um instead of me retaliating to the things that were said I was just like I understand how you're feeling I understand that I've made you feel that way like and it was just you know there was no point in me fighting fire with fire I knew that it was gonna end eventually and you know I I wish I could have said things but it was just there was no point and so I think yeah definitely like not retaliating to things that don't need to be retaliated because you 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 can't argue with someone that's set in their way so Mm -hmm. yeah I hope that kind of answers your question um (laughs) I think that's really insightful and as I said before my friend you are wise beyond your years and we are (laughs) so lucky to have been allowed to share your money story and your journey even if it included a secret brother that you didn't know about (laughs) and you just threw that on us at the last minute of your money diary thank you for that I think that's really interesting (laughs) if I'm being honest like that's such a pivotal piece yeah um being really pervy though how old was this brother when you found out about them um just just under two I think or just over two so it had been about three years um that they'd been seeing each other wow yeah um well probably longer in seeing each other because um they he like my dad had been going overseas for about 10 years um actually it would have been it would have been about six years at that time um and so they you know they knew each other quite well um I've never really wanted to know the reasons behind it or anything like that. Um, yeah. So I, cause I just feel like it's just unnecessary. It's just not helpful. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, so yeah, it was just, yeah, almost just over two, almost three, I think Mm -hmm. when we found out. So it had been, it had been quite, quite some time. And my parents were still, um, that means that my parents were still together when it happened. They weren't separated. Oh, wow. So that obviously contributed towards your parents' divorce and all of that coming out. Wow, what a story. And to have (laughs) gone through all of that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That is, yeah, so open and so special. And I'm so grateful that each and every single week we get to talk to people like you and that you're so trusting of us sharing that story on your behalf because – you know, those words are special and that journey is something that I think a lot of us can learn from. I hope that I can take a little bit more of your mindset on and your (laughs) old worldliness, which I, you know, I really admire. So as always, that is all we have time for today. And just before we head off, we'd like to acknowledge and pay respect to Australia's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. They're the traditional custodians of the lands, the waterways and the skies all across Australia. We thank you for sharing and 
for caring for the land on which we are able to learn. We pay our respects to elders past and present and we share our friendship and our kindness. The advice shared on She's on the Money is generally nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. She's on the Money exists purely for educational purposes and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. And we promise that Victoria Devine is an authorised representative of Australia Pacific Funds Management, Proprietary Limited, ABN 34132463257, AFSL 339151. See you next Money Diary, guys. Bye.